what's up what's up highness queens we are back with another episode of bluntly black girls and i'm super excited because this was a conversation i had been waiting for the right time to have um i wanted the right person the right time and i knew i knew it was gonna come back up so i just had to you know buy my time um so i got my girl corey the canna counselor and we talked about a lot of shit. Uh, we talked about how she transitioned from being a therapist to being a can of counselor, uh, going from blunts to bowls, giving ourselves grace, and then our topic, which again, I've been waiting <laughs> to have this conversation, was or is respectability politics and black women. Now, I'm going to tell you now, I get on my soapbox. Uh, a few times okay because I really do feel a certain way about respectability politics especially as they are uh, used against black women so we talk about all that you hear all my thoughts I'd love to hear your thoughts especially if you are on the opposite side of me um, because again as you'll see or as you'll hear in the episode I appreciate a healthy dialogue um so yeah, if you have any comments, um, you agree with what we say, uh, you disagree with what we say, be respectful now, but we are all here for the dialogue. Um, yeah, and then you know what else? It is August and it's my birthday month. Matter of fact, this episode is coming out on the 10th. My birthday is the 16th. So if you really wanna show me some love, whether early, on time, or belated, I'd really appreciate it if you can give me a birthday comment, whether on um, a review, a birthday review on the podcast, a birthday comment on Instagram, or whatever other social media you may follow me on. If you're not following me, I'd love to have you follow me because, you know, I'm all about building this community of black, bluntly black women, and yeah, it's my birthday, so celebrate me. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that's it. Let's get into this episode. Let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. It's my girl, Highness Queen Corey, uh, the Canna Counselor. Um, uh, and those, you can find her on all socials at the Canna Counselor. We'll make sure to say those again at the end of the episode, as well as drop those in the show notes. But we're, this is a thing. She is the Canna Counselor. So, you know, yeah, (laughs) that's what, that's, that's how we're going to get your name out there and let people know, like, I know what I'm talking about. I love that. Uh, I love that. Oh, yes. Welcome, Corey. Thank you for uh, giving me some of your time coming through to smoke with me today. Absolutely. I'm super excited. Yes. Also, by the way, just like super random, but I love your hair. Like, Thank that's you. what I'm trying to get. Like, it's it's a hot mess under here, right? So I got a hat on because I just took the bonnet off. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just realized that I am all out of product. I ain't got nothing to put in my hair. I was like, well, hot day. <laughs> And yeah, I heard have that. To go to Target later. <laughs> <laughs> Most I wasn't definitely. I to leave the house, but because right? it's extremely hot. Mm-hmm. But you know, my hair yeah. needs some like 
juice. <laughs> like, I heard that. I heard that. It takes a lot of juice, definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, she thirsty a little bit, a lot of bit, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love your hair. It's just so like lively and curly. Thank you so much. I'm yeah. actually growing it back. I used to have a lot of hair, like most other black girlies growing up. I had relaxed hair for the longest time until like end of college, and then. I did the like grow out method where I, I never did the big chop. I just like grew it out. And then I had long hair for a really long time and I decided to cut it off and now I'm growing it back. There you go. I I did not have long hair, but uh, I had like, you know, shoulder length hair or whatever, a little bit past my shoulders. And I was like, you know, I am tired of doing this. And then the edges was an edging. So mm -hmm. I was like, we're just we're just going to cut it off. Yeah, I'm just gonna try yep. this again, and that was like four years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now same. I, I cut my like, hair about four years ago. Yeah, and now I am getting like my mom's like, "You need a haircut," and I'm like, "Eh, let's just see what happens." Yeah. So I haven't completely committed to the idea of like growing it out again, but I also don't feel like getting a cut. So mm -hmm. I hear that. But we'll see. We'll it's see. always a struggle. It is, you know, you know, you know. Um, so tell us about yourself, Corey, and tell us about your relationship with cannabis. How did you become the Canna Counselor? The Canna Counselor. Wow. Okay. Um, I always clam up at the like, tell us about yourself questions because it's like, oh, what am I supposed to say? Um, so uh, the TLDR essentially of who I am is uh, I am the Canna Counselor. That is what I am bringing into fruition. Um, I studied initially, so I've had a relationship with cannabis since I was maybe 18. Um, yeah, late teens. Cause I was a little bit older than like most of the other people that I was around that had been smoking. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how it was mostly recreational for me in the beginning, you know, just being a teenager and enjoying the plant and never really understanding what I was being taught about it versus like my experiences with it. So that had always piqued my interest was that like what I had heard about cannabis versus what I had personally experienced with cannabis was often quite different. Um, and I went into psychology really early. It was one of my first loves, something I was really interested in and I really wanted to help black people and, and just change the face of therapy um, especially for people who look like me, because I know that it is a convoluted space. It can be really difficult to, you know, move through. And so I pursued psychology with everything that I had. I went and got my master's. Um, and unfortunately, like most things, halfway through that master's, I was like, ooh, I don't know if this is exactly what I want to do anymore. Like, I love therapy. I love mental health. But I don't think that the way that I had set this <coughs> up for myself is exactly how... I want it to be like, I don't think this is exactly what I want. So I finished that degree and I was just kind of doing jobs here and there trying to figure out like, okay, if I'm not going to be a therapist, what can I do in the mental health space? Like there's so many things, but like, what is like my niche? What is what, how do I want to do this? Um, and I actually, I call it a trial run. I had a trial run as a counselor um, in, in an unfortunately very toxic work environment which only further led me to believe that just like working as a therapist probably wasn't going to be best for me. 
Um, I was great at it. My clients loved me. I like to think that I helped a lot of people and that, you know, I was a really open therapist and like really opened some people's eyes to like what therapy could be when it's when it's on par with you. Um, but it was at my detriment. So I also had to figure out like, okay, how do I help people but also not put them above me, I guess, without lack of, you know, for lack of better term, more so like trying to pour from an empty cup. It was, it was a lot. I had quite a few people that I was taking care of on top of myself. Um, and you know, like most things not being paid well, and it was really starting to weigh on me. And, uh, then the university of Maryland has one of the first, uh, medical cannabis science and therapeutics master's programs. And I actually worked for UMB before I was a counselor, and I had heard about the program, but I knew that by the time they actually got it up and running, I probably wasn't going to be working that job anymore. Um, So I kind of just left it on the back burner and was like, oh, that's cool, you know, and kind of left it at that. So around the time that I stopped counseling, I was considering going back to school and figuring out like, okay, if you're going to go back it should be something that you're passionate about and like something that can work with mental health and something that can be, you know, valuable. And so to be honest, I think I probably just started Googling stuff about like medical cannabis certification, medical cannabis jobs, or just cannabis in general to sort of see like what the industry was talking about. And the program kind of like popped back up into my life. At this point, I was lucky enough to be in the third graduating class. So it was still relatively new. Um, when I got into it. And as I got deeper and deeper into the program, it made it a lot easier to sort of carve out what my niche was there as well. And I think that mental health and cannabis is not something that is really talked about. Um, And especially in my previous job, I also worked with these clients, um, psychiatrists, so the people who were giving them their mental health medications. And a lot of time, the the discourse that they would have with me is that they would be incredibly honest with me about their cannabis use, but also that came with like, like a whisper or a shame or like a, like an underlying, like they were trying to hide something. And I think what was really refreshing for them was that I was a cannabis friendly counselor. And so I was able to sort of give them something beyond the flat out no with no explanation. You know, if you're going to take your Lexapro, no, you have to stop smoking. Like it's, it's, not that cut and dry. It is a complex and there is not a lot that is understood about it, but that was what felt important to me was more so like, okay, how can I teach people about cannabis, but also ways in which they can use it intentionally and for their mental health, like in a more positive way. And so that is kind of how the journey has gotten me to where I am now. It started with a love of mental health and just like enjoying the plant, you know, and, and, and utilizing it for relaxation and just to help lift my mood and for my own mental health. Um, and then in, in being a counselor and hearing about other people's experiences with cannabis and how they essentially felt shamed for using something that worked for them. Um, I just realized I couldn't really sit in that space anymore. I couldn't sit on that like middle line where it's like all everyone else that they encounter is telling them like, no, no, no don't do this. It's not good. But like not explaining, I'm saying no, because I don't actually have foundational research to say yes without risk. Right. Um, And so, yeah, now I'm in the space where I am currently a medical patient in Maryland. So um, I have tailored the way that I use cannabis a little bit. And I think that now the way that I use it is a lot healthier than the way that I was using it before. Um, 
And I'm just one of those people that like firmly believes that cannabis in some shape or form can be beneficial for literally every human being. Like it might not look the same, but I truly, truly believe that like every single person can use some form or some cannabinoid or some something in their lives at varying, you know, degrees and levels and still find a benefit from it. So yeah, that's this little about me. Well, let me say, first of all, you are just, I, wow. <laughs> For someone who said they're nervous about people asking, you know, who they are and what they do, you just like, let you had it all ready to go. Thank and it was you. just so elegant <laughs> and beautiful. And I could hear the passion in your <laughs> voice. You for the the problem that you're trying to solve and i love that so much i get so excited seeing other people doing the things that they're passionate about especially when those things are for black women Mm -hmm. uh, especially when those things are for mental health and even more especially when them things are about cannabis Mm -hmm. so you are absolutely my cup of tea miss ma'am i love that i love that yes yes that was very well Put. Thank you. Um, I've, I, it's completely off topic, but I've been taking a class on pitching because um, mm-hmm. I'm working on another project. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, she's doing the perfect pitch. Like, Ooh. well, thank yeah. you. So <laughs> that's just, you know, side note. Pitching is going to be part of my future. And I think that, like, working on that 60 second, that, not that that was 60 seconds, obviously. <laughs> But, right. you know, working on but, that elevator pitch to talk about what you're passionate about, because it can be scary, I think, especially terrifying. if you're trying to carve out a space for yourself. And it's essentially like trying to prove that what you have is valuable and like what you mm-hmm. want to share is going to be valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, not that I wasn't already on your side, but... <laughs> If for any reason I wasn't, you you definitely would have like pushed me over that. Well, thank so, you. <laughs> that's that's absolutely you're right. It wasn't sixty seconds, but you have the very great basis to like whittle it down to sixty seconds. Right, and that's your longer intro, like because I mean I was just enthralled. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope our listeners were enthralled. I know this is completely off topic, but you know I just have to say. Great job (laughs) explaining (laughs) who you are and what you do, ma'am, and how you got here. It's a beautiful story. Beautiful story. Um, Give me one second Mm because I forgot my grinder. (gasps) There it is. Can't forget that. Right. I was like, I'm missing something over here because I (laughs) I moved back and forth between rolling up at my desk where I'm at now. And mm-hmm. rolling up next to my bed. And so yep. there's always something missing. I feel you. Um, so, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I am. I learned a lot more about you. Um, and I always love that. Um, so before we move on, and because you're so much in the mental health field, which is a huge, huge, huge part of this podcast, like... Mental health mm-hmm. is also something that is very near and dear to my heart, um, especially for uh, the black community, but uh, specifically black women. Yes. Um, so that's why everything you said just really, really resonated with me, because if anybody needs therapy, baby, it's us. And I say that in the most sympathetic mm-hmm. way, 
like mm-hmm. non-judgy way mm-hmm. um we deserve we need to be held deserve. yes because mm-hmm. uh, every black woman got a whole lot fucking going on not to Honestly. say that other people don't like don't get me wrong i understand that there's other people in the world that are going through shit as well exactly but this podcast is for us <laughs> exactly well, right some things are just for he- us. Some people. Yeah, this is ours. <laughs> okay, this isn't even mine. It is ours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so here we gonna talk about our troubles. Yes. And um, so all again, getting off topic. My God, I haven't even smoked yet. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always do a quick temp check. Um, I like to check in with my guests. I don't think we check in with each other enough. Yeah, I know that's fair. Uh, and just. See how your week's been. I know it's Monday, so the week's just beginning. But, you know, how was your weekend? How's your mental health? How's life? Yeah. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in here. I am um, definitely having some, like, mental health challenges that I'm I'm trying my best to kind of process and move through. Um, and do it. Really, I think when you're trying to start a business, I just graduated. Like, there's a lot of transitions going on in my life right now. And, um I think that my anxiety is probably a little bit higher than usual because there's other things that I am, you know, trying to juggle and, and focus on. It's a little hard sometimes. I was such a, like, scholar nerd. I love learning. I love <laughs> school, which is why I have two master's degrees and, you know, <laughs> but I have just, you know, continued to go to school and learn and, and do all those things. And so when that stopped... While I was very much in a space where I, I realized that, like, now it, and in my 30s, I am not the same student that I was in my 18s and 20s. And I just don't have the same energy that I used to in, like, uh, focus and attention. And so while I very much loved and enjoyed my program, it was really an accomplishment to complete it. But also it's like a clusterfuck part in my French for my life in that like now I don't really have anything that is quite as structured as school where I have like you know you set your own deadlines you can break and push your own deadlines like you know so it makes it a little bit harder so I've been trying to you know just what I've really enjoyed is the mentorship I've found so far in other black women in the industry because I know that the cannabis industry can be a little different in regards to you know trusting other people and having you know like community that really feels genuine in some spaces I feel like you know some people have had some experiences where they feel like it's it's just a kind of guarded but painted as if it's very like open and and welcoming luckily I have had the experience of having mostly people welcoming me and as we talk about like checking in on other black women and things like that, like I feel like the people that I have met have spoken a lot of um, just like life into me and quieting my anxieties and just, you know, reminding me of my place and like what I'm here to do and that it's valuable and that even, you know, sometimes if it doesn't feel like it is or it doesn't feel like it's going the right way or you feel lost, it is still there it is still something that is like in you you know those things that you just like have that you can't lose you just have to learn how to use them but uh so this last week was yeah a pretty typical week i just you know trying to catch up on on energy i feel like i have a a low 
energy level. I should probably figure out where Mercury is right now because that's probably why she probably in micro berries like always. Um, but this upcoming week, I'm very excited about uh, my fiance's uh, birthday is on Saturday, and he and I are very um, community, like family friends oriented. He likes to have big events and things like that. So it's like a, a <laughs> we're calling it Ocella. His name is Obella, so we're calling it Ocella because all, he has all these different events, and it's all about him, and they're all color coordinated, and so I'm super excited for that, um, that and to sort of so celebrate fun. him. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this week, and you know, just just vibing out. How are, how are you? How's your week been? Uh, well, we'll come back to that. Uh, <laughs> So he's like uh, a cusp baby. Yes, he is a Cancer Leo cusp. Uh Yeah, he's a cusp baby. And that that Ocella sounds very Leo energy. It is. (laughs) Very Leo. Like, I'm going to have a whole fucking festival I named after myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel the kinship. Yes. 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 It's going to be a good time. I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? It's going to be a fucking ball. I know. It's going to be a ball. Last year, he had an adult field day, and that was fun. So that was a good time. Uh, Sack races and tug of war and all that stuff. I I like this guy. He sounds like a hoot. He is a hoot. Um, Yeah, and so, and like you said, this... Well, I'm glad that, one, you are reaching a point of where you're not doing the school thing anymore mm-hmm. because I, I, I too, I, I love to learn, but I'm not great about sitting in a classroom. I mm-hmm. do a lot better with online courses mm-hmm. um, because I can do them at my own pace um, and I can smoke to make myself focus on mm-hmm. those things. Exactly. Um, so I definitely <laughs> understand what you're saying there. It's like, I have this super big love of learning. I love to learn. Mm-hmm. But like the institutionalizedness mm. of it is what just never really worked for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that you're you got the knowledge, but now that's over. Mm-hmm. Now you get to get the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's the fun part. Yeah. Well, learning's fun, but you know the hands-on experience, mm-hmm. you know, the doing the work, is really where the the joy comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's awesome, and I hope you have a great time in this upcoming week. Thank you. I, too, have been feeling extra tired and drained, mm-hmm. but I just came back off of L.A. trip last week slash weekend. Yeah, I've been seeing your reels. Oh, I had a ball. I had a fucking <laughs> ball. It was I love that. amazing. Yeah, it was, it was the first time that I've been to L.A., and... I went once before for a couple of days, mm-hmm. but it, I was working on a photo shoot, so I that's all I did. I didn't like really get to see LA, and then we left right afterwards. And then I went to Disneyland when I was six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <But> right. Otherwise, <laughs> I have never been to LA, so I was like, yeah. and I live in the Bay Area. I live in Northern California, so oh, I was nice. like, this is this is just a travesty. Yeah. Um, so I went down there, and honestly, I didn't really have any real plans. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to meet up with this homegirl and I'm going to meet up with this homegirl and then we'll figure everything else out when we get there. Yeah. And my friend took me 
all around smoking jolly. She is like, yeah, I saw her reels too. <laughs> most amazing uh, tourist guide for con- uh, not, well, we went to a few consumption lounges, but like yeah. Weed LA, she knows. She knows everything. I love that. Yeah, and so and then I went um, with my friend Jasmine and uh, did a couple restaurants and we went to the Grove, mm-hmm. went to a couple more dispensaries. I spent so much fucking money, it's ridiculous. But you know what? I won't have to buy weed for quite a while. And most of it is stuff that I can't get elsewhere or I haven't found here. Mm-hmm. So yep. I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> yep. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was going the entire five days I was there and like, which was fine. Like, that's what I, that's what I went down there for. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize how tired I was until I got Mm -hmm. the day after I got back. Um, and I worked from home. So I worked the day after I got back Mm -hmm. and I was just like, Oh my God, (laughs) what is life right now? Yeah. It's not great. I, I want to go back to a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. And so um, for the last few days, I've just been like, I, I got nothing in me, guys. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my job went to Great America on Friday and I was supposed to go. I was like, I can't. I can't do it. I'm just here. One, yeah. I don't do rides. So I'm yeah. just going to kick it with y'all. I, I got, I'm going to see y'all later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to just yeah. see and I'm glad yeah. you chose you because that's often the problem is that, you know, it's like the FOMO, right? Where it's like, oh, I want to do that thing. But also, mm-hmm. like, am I even going to be a person <laughs> like when I'm there? I'm so tired. Right. Yeah. And then um, and that was the thing. Like, I was sitting there thinking about it and I'm really working on um, my self-care and mm-hmm. what that means. Mm-hmm. And... I have, like you said, the FOMO or the fear, because I was like, we're going with our whole job, but like I was going with my two coworkers that I'm really close with. Mm -hmm. And so not necessarily fear fear of missing out, but more fear of disappointing them Mm -hmm. because we're like supposed to go as a group. But I was like, honestly, I just don't have it. Like there's a difference between I just don't want to go and I am exhausted and need to sleep. Yes. And... I sat there and I was like, okay, stop. Like, this is you. You need to be more aware. Which one of these is this? Because yeah. if it's, yeah, I just don't want to go. Maybe you still just make yourself go to get out of the house. Because I also have a tendency right. to just hermit myself in the house <laughs> for no reason. So sometimes I do have to push myself even when I don't want to go. But yeah. I was like, let's take more stock. How are you actually feeling right now? Yeah. And the answer was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Exhausted. I don't even want to talk to people. Like, don't call mm-hmm. me. Don't text me. Nothing. I just want to sleep and watch TV in my bed. <laughs> and so yes. that's what I did. I, yeah, that's what I did. And you know, I have really great friends and really great coworkers. And um, when I told them, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna go, guys. And they're like, Oh, why? And I was like, I'm just still really exhausted from the from the trip. Mm-hmm. And there's some other stuff I want to work on too with the podcast that I would have had to push off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, makes total sense. All right, yeah. we'll send you pictures. And like, they don't know that. Well, they'll know, I guess, if they listen to this episode. Right. But um, <laughs> like that really reaffirmed my decision for me. Not that I'm mm-hmm. looking for reaff- reformation, reaffirmation, whatever that word is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it really made me feel like, okay, these people really are here for me because they're not just like, oh, we want to see you and da 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 Like, they're respecting that, like, mm. hey, I really am tired mm-hmm. and not making me feel bad about it. Yeah. So yeah. that was really nice. I don't know. No, that's always did. great. That's always yeah. fantastic when, you know, the people that care about you, you're over here making yourself anxious and even more tired because you don't want to let them down. And they're like, oh, my gosh relax it's like one of the nicest things because you're just like okay cool like exactly cool like i really appreciate that i'm glad that they were able to do that for you that's awesome and that you chose yourself and decided to rest yes i have it's so (laughs) funny because i am a naturally lazy person um my listeners hear that all the time but also i like to do a lot of things Mm -hmm. so it's like this very weird middle ground of like the fuck do I do with myself today? Exactly. (laughs) Literally every day. Yeah, no, I feel that. This week has overall been good. Um, Last week, I mean, or last week was great. This week, I have a couple things. We're going to do happy hour with my job. So that was the other reason I was like, I'm going to see you hoes next week. Yeah, it's like, we'll be another time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I'm excited about that. And then the closer it gets to August, the happier I get because my birthday is in August and I literally like August. My birthday is August 1st to August 31st. Yes, absolutely. As it should be. Yeah. August has 31 days. (laughs) Yes. Right. It's like, which day is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Time's an illusion Uh, anyway. It's all made up. (laughs) Look, this count time is not real. Um, Mm -hmm. So, that was nice. I'm glad that we're both um, recouping from some things that may have drained us in different ways. Um, but we're taking the time to say, hey, what are my needs? What are my priorities? What is an act of self-care in this moment? Yeah. And letting yourself rest is absolutely an act of self-care. And it's mm-hmm. honestly one of my favorite because I love to sleep. Like, even if you're not resting, like sleeping, you're just like resting. That's what, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. Um, so what are you smoking? I finally finished rolling up here. I was gonna say um, I have a plethora. A, <laughs> I know. I love. Don't you just love options? I'm a variety girl. Like, I need. I can't have one or two strains at a time. I need to have like seven. I almost always have like five to seven strains in my house at a time. I just, you know, sometimes. Sometimes I want a sativa. Sometimes I want a hybrid. Sometimes I want to mix them both. Sometimes I want an indica. Like, so I like having a lot of different options also for different times of the day or, you know, just different vibes in general. I definitely feel that. Yeah, that's that uh, intentional highness right there. Mm-hmm. And we love a intentional highness queen. Um, so what are you <laughs> smoking on today? So I wanted to start with my baby. Ooh, I haven't. I have not used it yet, so I wanted to get in, get into it. Um, I currently am. So Maryland went legal recently, which is great recreationally. Um, however, <laughs> for the medical patients, it's kind of shaking the system up a little bit because I just don't think that they put a level of preparation in which doesn't surprise me because i just feel like with everything cannabis legislation it's just like kind of 
okay, fine, like we did it. We're just gonna do it as opposed to like right. really thinking through and playing or are you know, it's it's fine to say that you don't have the experience, you don't really know what to do, but then like people out here exist that have the experience, like get some consults like have us help you because we can do that um so as a result i haven't been to the dispensary since the day before so since july july 1st was the first day and so since the day before that i haven't gone to the dispensary i bought a bunch of stuff the day before uh, recreational opened um and and now I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to figure out sort of because things are definitely set up differently. Like I need to go in and figure out like what's going on because um, things feel like they're getting a little pricier. But I also have the benefit. I work at a gift shop in um, or a gifting shop in D.C. Um, is how they is how they word it. Um, so I still have access Um but not as much uh, product-wise. And so what I have now, I'm actually... I usually smoke a lot of sativa or hybrids during the day. Uh, First thing in the morning before the gym is usually like a sativa vibe. And so I'm still on sativa. I believe this one is called Sour Chills, and it is by um, Kind Tree, uh, which is... I'm actually not sure where Kind Tree is, if it's over here or if it's over there. Um... But I tend to enjoy their strains a lot, so I'm thinking it's probably a pairing of Sour Diesel as one of the parents, but I'm not sure where the chills comes from. Um, I actually opened it this morning, and so far, it definitely has that Sour Diesel, like, gassy smell. Um, I've been feeling uplifted. It's like a light green, slightly orange speckled bud, so it's uh, light and kind of fluffy. Um, But then I also... I smoke a lot of little cone dog walkers these days. I usually smoke something pretty tiny. Um, as I was saying before, my uh, my smoking has changed quite a bit. When I started smoking, I used to face backwards and leaves all by myself with no problem. Um, and then my lungs were like, hi, remember us? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you might want to chill lungs. out. <laughs> So I had to Baby you know, start introducing. To the team. Yes, I had to start introducing myself to more glass pieces, which really came with um, once my fiance and I started to like live and smoke together more often, because I didn't have like the only like piece that I had when I was like starting to smoke because I just really loved to roll a blunt. Like it was it was like the the ritual of it as well and yeah. like the reward. It's therapeutic. Yeah. And I was so good at it. Like, I got really good at it. As you can see, I have long nails. Like, I've mastered the rolling with, you know, longer nails. And just, like, I just loved that part of it. And so I didn't feel a need for it. So the only pieces that I really had were, like, one-hitters. And I would use them so that I didn't (laughs) burn my mouth or my fingers on roaches. And, like, I didn't even use it as a one-hitter. I used it as, like, a J-holder. And I remember hitting bongs. Like, you know, you go... Well, actually, I don't know what you guys do on the East Coast, but over here, uh, or on the West Coast, but over here on the East Coast, um, I'm in Maryland. And so, like, where I'm at in Maryland is kind of like a mixed bag. It's like a suburban farm area. Like, you go a couple feet, and there's, like, farm and a lot of empty open space. But then, like, a couple feet this way, it's, like, giving suburban with, like, a lot of apartment buildings and things that are close together. And so we have a lot of back roads, and that is where we would go you know, to smoke or we'd go to the woods to, you know, smoke a bong or whatever so we wouldn't get in trouble. And I just remember bongs just came across as so violent to me. Like when people hit a bong, they were always choking and crying and snotting and and just looked at, they looked very uncomfortable. So I was never here for it. 
Um, but then Obella taught me how to like actually do it and that the point wasn't to like go that far. Like you're going to cough, but you know, you don't necessarily have to, you can control how much you're taking in, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, I still think that like my OG is probably something that is rolled. Um, but I found the value of, cause like with this, I feel like I can smoke this one bowl and I'm like good. Versus with that, I can get through the end of that and still kind of be like, mm, I might want another one. And it's like, all right, well, let's let's try and make sure that the reasons why you want another one are like good reasons and not just you feeling bored or feeling, you know, like you just would rather continually smoke when I'm also a believer of that. Like you can only get so high, like you're going to get to this point and you're going to feel good. But like after that, it's really like, a minute difference if you continue to smoke like you're just really not going to notice it or you're going to fall asleep right mm-hmm. and so i'm just like i want if i want to get that high and fall asleep then okay i know how to do that but like most of the time that's not the goal like i want to relax or my endocannabinoid system is screaming at me so i'm just like okay guys i got you like we're gonna do this and then we're gonna focus on this thing um so yeah the sativa is really helpful um Sativa and hybrids pretty much only when I was in school, too, because it was unless I was like relaxing or something, because it just I don't know. It's a lot easier to focus and yeah, kick it too relaxed. <laughs> when my body relaxes, I'm going to sleep. So anything indica with mm-hmm. that body high is like we're done. We're not doing we're not doing anything. We're not getting up because the body is relaxed. The body don't want to move. Exactly. Um, Ooh, so, yeah. Now I get the taste of that so much more because this is my first time hitting it out of a bong. It's very tasty. Mm-hmm. So, um, one, I just, I can tell the, I can tell you work in a place that gifts <laughs> trees because your description of uh, the weed was just so beautiful again. <laughs> I don't know that much about whatever this is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. The name is, um, so I, when I was in LA, I bought a lot of weed. Um, and I'm a sucker for packaging and I'm a sucker for names. And so, <laughs> Me too. When, yeah. Like, I'll at least try it if your name is intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And then if I like it, I'll buy it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I seen this one is called Release Your Wiggle. And I was like, <laughs> I have to have that. I, it Let's, must be mine. Yes. Yeah. And then I found out it was a sativa dominant hybrid, which is what I go for. Nice. And it is from uh, uh, Big Frida's line, Royal Bud. So I was like, yes, let's support Big Frida. I love that. And then the name kind of made sense. Once I like release your wiggle, Big Frida, it just feels very on brand. Yes. Yes, Appropriate. So that's what I'm smoking today. Um, nice. This is the first time I've tried this one, so we'll see. Now, let me see if I can get a little scientifical. Um, I don't see no orange hairs. There's <laughs> a little bit of purples nice. uh, in there. I'm horrible. I really, really, really want to get better with identifying terpenes and flavors and all of that stuff. But I'm yeah. not really great at it. Um Mm-hmm. I know citrus <clears throat> mm-hmm. and that pine. limonene most of the time yeah. and pinene. Yeah. And so, yep. but those I feel like are the very obvious. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're very, very easy obviously. to pick up on because pining yeah. smells like pine salt like pine. most of the time. Yeah. Or pine, and then, right? And the citrus smells like a fruit. Yeah. And or like so a lemon I'm or like, lime. yes. But then anything else? I got nothing. Yeah. I no, got I nothing. That. I feel that. Now, I, I will that. say that I do smell the citrus on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice. And you know what's crazy? I'm learning because, you know, younger high school jasmine smoking I always was told you the purple is like what's gonna get you like basically mm-hmm. an indica right mm-hmm. you see purple is indica but I like so much more often now I can't go by that I can't yeah. use that purple means indica okay I don't want that because even this this has purple in it there's mm-hmm. another one that my friend um, um, from him I think it's called what was that called oh Crunchberries, mm. and that's another sativa that's a really good sativa to help me focus and lock in and that's also very purple mm-hmm. and so every time I think I got something right I'm like ah, nope learn something new honestly it's wild the purple thing mm-hmm. um, was actually something that I just knew so like my favorite color is purple so when I see purple oh, bud purple I'm like ooh yes. yes I'm like when I see purple I'm always like ooh this is so pretty right and that's all I really thought about it was like oh this bud is so pretty right and then obviously working in a gifting shop people are going to ask you like okay so what is the point if I say as a selling point like oh you know this is purple right they're going to want to know why that matters. Um, And, you know, like you said, when you look at, if you look it up nine times out of 10, it's going to say more than likely it means that you have an an indica plant. And I was literally talking to my coworkers about this because some of the strains that we have that are sativa dominant or are hybrids or just like, don't really seem to have any indica in them at all are showing up slightly purple. Um, And so, I th- so I think that's why they talk a lot about like how sativa, indica, and hybrid are not really like mm-hmm. the best I mean, terms to use. Well, yeah. And I think that we continue to use them because this is what the community <coughs> knows and understands, which doesn't mean that we can't change that language. But the way that I try to describe it is like people will say, you know, I'm looking for an indica or I'm a mostly an indica person. And what I'll ask them as a follow up to get like more information is like, okay, so what does that mean to you? Like, what vibe are you looking for? What do you want to feel, right? And I think that you can categorize the way that certain um, strains make you feel into indica type because they give you indica, like the feelings that fall under indica, right? Mm-hmm. But as opposed to restraining the, the 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 plant itself to having these very three, you know, well, I guess technically five, like specific ways in which you know, they could impact you because like one sativa might make you focus, whereas the other one makes you talkative. Right. Um, and so I think it's important <coughs> to definitely figure that out because like, again, it's not hurting anything really um, for clients or people coming in to just say like, Oh, I want an indica and that's all I'm going to smoke. Um, but I think if you are able to attach the education behind it and tie it more to like, what do you want to feel? Right. Like, what do you like to taste? Because it does taste different, right? Like cannabis is like wine. It's going to have different flavor profiles to it. Um, and, and sort of asking more questions about the experience and, and what they think when they say sativa versus indica. 
But yeah, no, the purple thing really threw me off because like you would really think that it was very, very important to like the overall structure yeah. of the plant or the potency of the plant. And it doesn't really seem to have anything to do with any of that and probably has more to do with like how it's grown, where it's grown and like just the way that this plant, you know, shows up. Yeah, yeah because like I said, this one's purple. I've had some other ones that I know for a fact are straight sativa, not even hybrids mm-hmm. that are purple. And I'm like, huh, look at you throwing me curveballs, weed. Right? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's very interesting. So I will say that I can taste the citrus, but I don't know what else the fuck I'm tasting. Mm-hmm. I also have a, a opinion that the taste buds on my tongue have been burnt off by now as much as I do smoke. And so the taste profile is never really going to be exactly right until I stop smoking for like a longer period of time. That's so fair. I feel comfortable with blaming my taste buds for <laughs> me. Always I can't definitively say whether or not that is true. I'd have to like actually look into it, but no, no, um, no, don't, don't, don't look it up. Let's just stick with it and go. Yeah, no. And I think, <laughs> but I think that it, I think that it, it tracks though, because like smokers, for example, like people who mm-hmm. smoke um, cigarettes, they lose their sense of taste over time yeah. just because of, you know, everything that comes from smoking a cigarette in regards to your mouth. And so that's why when people quit smoking, sometimes you'll notice that they like, um, Food they'll take, better. yeah, that, but also their own cooking, they'll find it to be like over seasoned, too salty, too mm-hmm. whatever when they quit because they forgot or didn't realize that they were overcompensating for not being Mm -hmm. able to taste it because of the cigarettes. So I would assume that if it has anything to do with like inhalation of smoke at all, like if any of that is part of it, then that probably would track. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. See, it makes sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I admit that I um, may not always get to the right conclusion, but the the logic usually tracks. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I'm good with that. Definitely. Um, well, this has been great. Let's get mm-hmm. into some more greatness. Yeah. Um, let's get into our high blessings, our positive affirmations or manifestations. Um, there is power in words. There is power in the tongue. Mm-hmm. And I am learning or have learned because I think at this point it is something that I naturally do now, mm-hmm. which I love. That was the goal of you know including the high blessings in this was to get better at affirming myself in moments that were uh not scheduled Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so it it has worked successful uh Mm -hmm. uh, experiment um yeah i said i said i want to say let's say our high blessings um did you want to go first sure yeah i can go first okay um, what's so funny is like as a counselor, affirmations are my shit. It was like the one thing that I threw at everyone, and I was like, personalize it, make it you. Like some of my clients were like, oh, why would I talk into the mirror? And I'm like, it's weird. It is weird. It is. I'm just gonna say, if you're gonna do it that way, sometimes it's weird. But like, just like 
Issa Rae rapping into the mirror, that's affirmations. Like that mm-hmm. song, you know, um, on my mama, on my hood, that's mm-hmm. affirmations. All he's talking about is how good he looks and how y'all aren't about to tell him that he doesn't look good, right? Like mm-hmm. those are affirmations. So for all y'all out there who struggle with affirmations and feel like they're like weird and strange, they are, and you get used to it. But like, also, it is not normal to hate yourself. Like, that's even but, yeah. more strange. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And people and try to make it seem is, like it's normal. That was exactly what I was about to say. The thing is, they want that to seem normal. But really, that's the strange thing. Like, the sidebar, I saw thing... a tweet that was like, no one like no one in this generation thinks they're ugly anymore. And I was like, are they are they supposed to? Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's not... a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, but anyway, back to positivity yeah. and affirmation. Yes, um, exactly. And so... Basically, um, a lot of like I was saying earlier of what like I struggle with with like self-worth and things like that is is just anxiety and fear and not being able to recognize my own power. And so I like to speak those things into myself. And so what I wrote down um, was that I will step into my divine power. I will learn to use fear and to use fear instead of allowing it to hinder me from my manifestations and the things that I want and the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I do have a place in the world and in this industry specifically, and what I have to provide is valuable. I am enough, and I am going to be exactly who and what I am called to be. That is just really beautiful. And like, I feel like it's so encompassing of like, accepting yourself accepting your destiny that your destiny is greatness mm-hmm. and um i I've, i love it very much thank you yes and i i uh, affirm all of those things for you as well i hope that you have all of those things i hope that i gain all of those things and everyone listening as well gain all of those Absolutely. things for themselves because really that's a that that's a that's a that's a word that's a prayer right there mm-hmm. yeah I love it. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think it deserves a hit of the weed because we. I fully believe you should um, manifest while you're consuming. Yes, because like it is literally you're you're elevating to a higher level, literally and physically. Exactly. (laughs) Double up on that elevation. I, I believe that. You would think you'd just get you higher, right? Like either in your endeavors or your weed, your yeah. sobriety. Um, anyways, <laughs> so um, my affirmation today is actually a couple lines for something that my mom sent me. I normally sending her affirmations and mantras and all that, but she sent me something. The other day, and there's a couple things um, that I wanted to affirm for myself. Yes. Um, I give myself grace and room to evolve as I rediscover who I am. I will be patient with myself as I grow in this process. I will prioritize my needs before committing to someone else's and I am enough. 
And those are the ones. Like she said, it was a list of a bunch of them, but those were the four that I was like, <coughs> okay, these are what's hitting right mm. now. Mm-hmm. So, I was going to say, um, that is a word. And I think those are so, those ones especially are so important. I really struggle with giving myself grace. Mm. It's actually like a job for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Full time with overtime. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I've been really focused on understanding what that means for me specifically, what that looks like for me specifically, mm-hmm. and recognizing in the moments that I'm not giving myself grace, like, okay, calm it down. Yeah. Like, you're human, not superhuman. Like, as much as you want to be Wonder yeah. Woman, Superwoman, you know, the Woman King, all them things. Right. <laughs> those are movies. Yeah. And you are just human. Yeah. And that's And that's okay. okay. Exactly. Yes. And that's yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was really nice to, as someone who uh, does a lot of pouring into others, and I say mm-hmm. that without any negativity because that's just naturally who I am, and I love yeah. doing that. I love telling other people, hey, you're the shit, and mm-hmm. recognize it. But as much as I love that, it was really nice to have somebody else do that for me yes 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 always I definitely resonate with that I feel that again as someone who just you know gives themselves as a counselor I'm sure yeah it's the it's the person you know that like and and even you talking about the the one with um I'm going to make sure that I'm like prioritizing my needs consistently above the needs of others and what I find so interesting about that is like it's so important and we have literally been taught that it is selfish to prioritize ourselves and our needs that if we if we do that we are selfish we aren't for anybody else we are all about ourselves and i'm just like this comes up the most in like motherhood like when i see you know my friends or classmates from before becoming moms and like really struggling with like knowing that they need to do something for themselves, but having that intense guilt whenever they actually take time for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, please just do it. Like you need to fill that cup and you're still a person like do those things. And so it can be so hard to, to put things down because you're also genuinely concerned about like letting other people down and not showing Mm -hmm. up for people and, learning to prioritize yourself <clears throat> and show yourself grace and, and rest. And, and like, I feel, I feel like my brain has completely shifted from like, obviously as you get older, but like from when I was like a kid or like even in my early, like 18 to like 20 sums, like how I thought I was supposed to be living and what I was supposed to be doing. And like, I just, I'm so grateful that I'm on the other side of that where I'm just like, no, rest is important. Like, no, I'm not going to work, you know, any harder than I'm recognized for. Or like, yeah, I am going to prioritize my mental health and I am going to like, you know, do these things that are going to benefit me and be better regardless of what those things are as long as they are, you know, changing the behavior in a positive way or changing those thoughts and feelings and the way that you're treating yourself so that, you're able to, to continue being who you are and giving to others if that is something that also fills you but also, you know, takes from you. Right. The 
you can't pour from an empty cup thing is something that I have to repeatedly tell myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also probably some of the best advice I've ever heard. So, it's hard, and yeah, sometimes it feels weird, or you feel guilty in the beginning. Like, I felt really guilty about telling my coworkers I wasn't going to Great America because I was tired. Mm -hmm. But... I feel a lot better today than I did that day because I've gotten rest and like I can have full on conversations without being in a like foggy haze. Yeah. So so I, I love all that. I love it. I feel very affirmed. I feel very positive and motivated. Um, I feel like I need another hit of my, my wiggle. What was it? Release, release your, wiggle. your wiggle. Yeah, we just re- <laughs> you know what just wiggled out was all the negative feelings. That's yes. that's what we just released, and that's all what we the want. negative feelings. Exactly. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, so we feel good. We're high. I'm high. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into this blunt talk. Yes. And this week, I wanted to talk about respectability politics and the black woman. Now, let me say that this is something that has been on my to talk about list for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But one, I wanted to find the right person. And two, like, it's kind of like I knew something was going to happen at some point where this Mm -hmm. was going to be relevant. Mm -hmm. So now here we are. So, um, I'm sure that most people have heard about the whole Kiki Palmer, uh, I think it's Darius Jackson is her, Mm -hmm. the father of her child, um, the shenanigans. Yes. The internet shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Um, The hateration and holleration, if you will. In the dancery. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was a mess. Um, and it really sparked up that whole debacle sparked up this resurgence within myself of how I feel about respectability politics and black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so real quick, I'm going to do a quick rundown of what happened for anyone who hasn't heard or hasn't um, wanted to take the time to watch the millions of videos or think pieces um, about the situation. Um, so Kiki Palmer went to an Usher concert wearing a bomb ass outfit. Like mm-hmm. the shit was cute. All right. Look and good. mama got body and why not? And she was out on a night out. I mean, obviously I'm getting ahead of myself here, but obviously you guys can tell what side of the <laughs> argument that I'm on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um the outfit was uh, like a song jumpsuit with a sheer or mesh kind of long skirt, but a booty cheeks was booty cheeking. And they was out and they was doing things and Usher Usher seemed to like it. Usher and she seemed to like the attention. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. But again, getting ahead of myself. Um <laughs> So Darius, Mr. Jackson, got into his insecurity bag and 
basically said that, or he posted a comment saying that she's somebody's mama and that she should have more, basically more respect for herself and her family than to be up there showing ass. Um, now, and then he doubled down. Mm-hmm. Let's let, let's talk about how he doubled down and said that uh, women nowadays wa- are they want the attention more than they want to be the mother, and that we are living in an age or maybe I'm pre- generation or something. Yeah, we're living in a, uh, a generation where that is valued more than having respect as a mother for your family. Uh, so that's. That's that's a lot. Uh-huh. That's a that's a lot to put on one little <laughs> sheer mess dress. Like the thing already yeah. sheer. It can't hold much. Right. And it's already holding up her. And you know she doing it nice. Mm. And then here he comes. So <laughs> let's just get into real quick. Obviously, they know how I feel. I'm a recap because right. I got <laughs> I got one two three four five. Why why we got problems. But mm-hmm. I would like to hear first from you. How did this did this shock you? And hmm. what is your general overall opinion about it? Because again, we're going to get deeper into the fields of respectability politics. But just yeah. overall, what was your reaction to this hot mess man? Um, boy, I should say. I suppose that it I suppose that it shocked me and that like I that wasn't the vibe like that wasn't the vibe that I was getting from the little bit that we did see him like when like I don't know that we ever had any like moments of interview where like we actually got to know like what was on his mind or anything but like the way that she was acting and the way that they were acting as like a family et cetera, et cetera. like it shocked me that this was a thing like I guess I was a little shocked that it was like um like, oh, hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. telling my fiance that it, ga- it it gave an air of like, you went out and I'm home and I'm mad about it. And I'm, for whatever reason, not going to contact you directly. <laughs> but I see, I'm seeing this this video at the same time that everyone else is seeing this video and now I feel salty because I look bad to other people, right? And so now, because I'm salty and I'm clearly not thinking straight, I'm going to, like, not even project his feelings, like, have his feelings, but, like, publicly. And I don't understand... Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then, because then, for me, it went back to like, okay, did you not, did you not see her leave the house? Did she, maybe she got ready somewhere else? I don't know, but like, uh, it just seemed weird. Like, how do you not? How did you not know what she was wearing already? Like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, and it just gave an air of like, is this what you're actually upset about? And also, why is this the hill that you're choosing to die on? Like, that's. So you had something that I thought about. Is this what you're actually upset about? Because when I seen all the shenanigans, I was like, okay, one of two things happened. You didn't, like you said, she either got dressed somewhere else with her girls, you didn't see, and one of your homeboys hit you and was like, yo, you see your girl, she wilding out in front of Usher. 
And then you knew in your hearts of hearts that you could never be Usher singing up there to her like that. Now, not (laughs) saying that she wants Usher and that's what she's looking for. You just knew what he was giving her in that moment. You could not give whatever it was. Yeah. And so you, again, you got into your insecurity blanket, you wrapped up real tight mm-hmm. and you started crying or y'all got into an argument about something completely different, mm-hmm. left mad. And this is your revenge. Right. Which is both of these options are not good. Right. <laughs> like exactly. Neither like, one. Either way. <laughs> right. Still, because it's like, like you said, I was like, either you, you didn't see the outfit and so you were shocked and now you're insecure, which again is still a fucking problem. Or you did see the outfit and you're just trying to start some shit. Right. And like <clears throat> why why publicly? You still you could have you could have texted that that video to her, that picture to her, said the same thing directly to her, but you chose not to because I think you expected that people were going to rally behind you, which unfortunately some people, some ashy people did. Um, which is what, which is the part that makes me think that it was intentional because like you yeah. said, why publicly? And that's why yeah. I, I mean, the thing I love about Kiki Palmer is that she is not going to give us everything. Mm-hmm. And while some people hate that, I love it about her because there are things that should be private. Mm-hmm. And had this whatever occurrence happened and he had texted you instead of publicly shaming you, this would have been kept private. So right. I don't blame her for not directly responding or saying what yeah, the situation is about. But because of that, we are all left to speculate of what happened. And like I said, the fact that you did it publicly, publicly, really kind of makes me lean towards this was malicious. Yeah. More than just you being in your feelings about something. Yeah. Or about this particular thing. Exactly. Because, again, you can be in your feelings. You've you've never sent her talk shit about whatever she did before. Any that, other- that's what was also weird. I'm like... You right, do like realize any other that... argument has been kept in house, but like now the mother of all your of child sudden... is Kiki Palmer. Like, what do you mean you're shocked by what she's wearing? I don't, under- there I don't understand. There are videos of her twerking with you in the video that I... she posted. It just you are sitting sense. on 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 Instagram with your dick print out. Mm. See, and I so what is the difference? And again, that is what, but, but see here, here's the thing. Men are stupid. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) I could still see him being very much in his feelings and just getting out of character crossing Mm. boundaries of, we know we keep all of our issues in house and putting his Twitter fingers to work. Yeah. But again, then he doubles down. And so again, that makes me go back to, was this intentionally done because Mm. you wanted to start some shit? Because Mr. Darius Jackson, who the fuck are you? You're literally known as the father of Kiki's baby. Like your name ain't even in there. I had to Google his last name. (laughs) Okay. All I knew was Darius. 
<laughs> and I'm sure he's done some things, right? But you ain't Kiki Palmer status. No, not at all. So it, maybe uh... you you got mad and said, you know, I need my name to be in the news, even whether it's good or bad, whether it's at the detriment of the mother of my child or not, or not, whether it's yeah. at the detriment of my relationship or not. Yeah. For all we know, they could have already been on their last leg. And he's like, fuck it, I'm out. Let me go out with a bang. That's true. Which goes back to the militia shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. There's, there's many questions to be answered. Absolutely. uh, Unfortunately, I don't think that they'll ever get answered because again, Kiki is a very private lady, Mm -hmm. which she absolutely should be. And I would just hope to God that Darius would just shut up at this point. Just stop. You've yeah. lost. Just, you get nothing. You lose. Yeah. Good day, um, sir. Yeah. So, again, just to short recap, <laughs> what was the problem here? She owns her goddamn body. Yeah. Neither you or even that baby own her body. Mm-hmm. She does. So, if she wants booty cheeks out, she can have booty cheeks out. And it doesn't impact her respectability in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't. It's, we, we all have booty cheeks, right? We do. So, we just do. because you sexualize mine does not right. mean that I'm not allowed to show it. Exactly. If I want to. Exhausting. Yeah. Exhausting. And again, the double standard. Sir, you were just on Instagram with your dick print out. You was just on Instagram Reels where she was twerking and doing the things and doing all the shaking. She lit, when she announced, right after she announced her pregnancy, she was in a bra and panties on Instagram, dancing right. around with the baby in the belly. Right. That was fine. She was more covered up here. Right. Uh-huh. But now there's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On top of, you didn't just attack your partner, the person that you are here to pr- supposedly protect. Exactly. But you attacked her motherhood, which what does her motherhood have to do with her clothing? That's that's what I'm saying. That's the part that's like crazy. Yeah. Like, why did you even go there? Like, it had to be deeper than that. Like, <laughs> like, there's no Was way. Was your fatherhood in question when you only had your boxers on? Right. Like No, because one has nothing to do with the other. Me literally. clothing on somebody's body does not have to do with whether or not they can take care of a child, how well they take care of a child. Nothing. And it's just like interesting where it's like, okay, well, your first complaint is her outfit or like, you know what I mean? Like their child has been alive for a little while now, you know, like if it was so bad, why, why choose her outfit being the first thing that you call her motherhood into question for? Like, what a strange first thing to just like, well, you know, probably because that's all he had. Right. And he still had nothing. So that's crazy. (laughs) But you got to make it sound like it's something. But you know, whenever, whenever a black mother, Mm -hmm. um, I will say, uh, I do think Single mothers would probably be a better identifier here because um, I recognize that it, this is not a phenomenon only in the black 
community. But again, Mm -hmm. we are bluntly black girls, so that's who we're talking about. But specifically, single mothers, or I'm sorry, single mothers, specifically black single mothers, Mm -hmm. um, whatever they do that is not in line with what somebody else says is correct, the Mm -hmm. first place that people go, oh, you're a mom. Right. Like, that's the, because they know that that's what we hold dear. Mm-hmm. That's what we hold probably the dearest. Right. Is being a mother. And that's what they attack. Yeah. Because I want to hurt you as much as possible. Honestly, low-hanging fruit. Yes. Like, <clears throat> obviously, yes. if you insult a mother and the way in which she is raising her children or the way in which her behavior is now indicative of her being a bad mother is just like. Which again, (laughs) how your clothing means you're a good or bad mother. Because you know what? There are plenty of mothers who have hurt their children that dress mm-hmm. in moo-moos. Right. Uh, Casey Anthony wasn't out there in what Kiki Palmer was wearing. She was wearing jeans. But you right. know what? Unfortunately, look what happened. There are pl- like there, There's no equation where mm-hmm. motherhood and clothing are in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Like they do not factor into each other in right. any way, shape or form. And another reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's not just men. It's not just uh, uh, other races. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the most that I see this type of respectability politics is from our own people. Mm-hmm. It's usually started by a, a black man and then co-signed by all the pickmishas. Mm-hmm. All the, or all the super, super religious. Yes. That want you covered up to like your ankles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's just so frustrating to me because I'm like, how are we supposed to be fighting them if we're fighting each other? Right. <laughs> like. Don't make no you, sense. Th- yeah. It, it <laughs> makes no sense. No sense at all. And that leads me to my next soapbox. I'm going to step off the Darius Jackson, Kiki Palmer soapbox <laughs> real quick and step onto the Monique soapbox because she is one of us who just her chokehold on respectability politics is That's so crazy funny. to me. I was going to bring her up as the example. I was going to be like, yeah, well, this so whole like, bonnet is what, thing is so wild. Yes! <laughs> she is what actually made me say I wanted to do this topic like mm-hmm. months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, the, the Kiki Palmer thing came and I was like, oh, we're going to put this together, but I'm going to yeah. talk about Monique. <laughs> um, so I'm, I, I, I want to get your opinion on the Monique situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, for anybody 
who may or may not know, the Monique situation I'm talking about is she went on a rant about how um, we, her sisters, uh, should not be in public with bonnets or any other quote-unquote ratchet items. Um, like we, which led to a whole conversation about people picking up their kids from school in pajamas and how that mm-hmm. was inappropriate and all of these different things that are essentially said to police black women's bodies and police mm-hmm. our individuality. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's Absolutely. my problem with Monique. Um, when I first heard the whole thing, because actually the Monique thing was probably even a couple years ago um, when mm-hmm. she first started talking about this. And I just brushed it off as another auntie who don't know what she's talking about. Like, you, I, I'm going to do what the fuck I want. Right. Um, exactly. But then Netflix put all the black sitcoms back on. Do you remember that? When, like, the Parkers, mm. uh, Moesha, like, yes. all of those, right? And uh-huh. so I start. I watched Moesha from, or I mean, uh, the Parkers from beginning to end, all seasons. And it made me, it, it, it was mind boggling to me because you are literally everything in this show that you're telling people not to be. That now you're like, your entire character was loud, wore these bright ass colors she didn't have a bonnet. I'll give you that. Your hair was always laid, honey. Mm-hmm. But every other stereotypical black woman trope was played out in your character or your mm-hmm. child's character. Mm-hmm. And this was your show. So right. for you to get on your soapbox years later after you put this content out there, mass, literally, uh, what was what's the word? You know, mass TV. I can't think of the word. It was on TV when a right. lot of people saw it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even the, the whites, the whites saw it. Okay. They saw you portraying this character who you are mm-hmm. now saying we should be shamed for being anything like right. or anything like our own individual selves. The whole point of your character on that show was that you were Nikki Parker and Nikki Parker is her and she does what she want to do. And she loves Mm -hmm. who she is. She loves her body. She loves everything about her. But now Mm -hmm. you want to talk down on other people. You, this is what you made your money off of. Mainstream media. That's what I was (laughs) trying to say before. Mainstream media did Mm -hmm. I say this with a grain of salt because I don't know what the numbers are or anything like that, but I have a hard time believing that mainstream media really knew who Monique was from Queens of Comedy. They knew Monique from starting out on the Parkers on the UPN, the channel that just (laughs) so happened to turn black at the nighttime Mm -hmm. on Fridays. That's how they knew you. And so you sat here and made this caricature of everything that they think we are. And now you think that you can stand up here and tell us that we shouldn't be, we should feel shamed for going outside with a bun in our head. How dare you? Yeah. In the midst, Mm -hmm. in the midst of being one of the most argumentative black women comedians ever. 
Right. And I'm not saying because I do feel that there are absolutely things that she was a thousand percent valid in saying and or doing mm-hmm. in those arguments. I congratulate you. I think that you are an example in that aspect that we can follow demanding what you deserve. But there have also been incidents where you are just being difficult right? and don't have the best reputation in working with others. But again, Mm -hmm. you can get on your soapbox and tell people not to wear a bonnet outside, but you can't even figure out who's co-lining your comedy show with D.L. Hughley. Mm. I, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. Who are you to shame so many people who look like you, who look up to you? Right. But then mm-hmm. turn around and do the same thing, if not worse. Exactly. And I think a it, part it, of what like gets left out of the conversation a lot when people are like using respectability politics against each other, or especially against black women and the way that they present themselves, especially as they present themselves in like comfortable spaces like imagine like people are judging people at the beauty supply store like the one safe haven where you should be able to just like be because it's very obvious that you were there to obtain the things that will like finish off the look right like how dare you look at me and be like wow you're really wearing your like superman pajama pants and a tank top with like some gel on it and half your head is done and a scarf like yeah because i was in the middle of doing my hair what was i gonna get fully dressed like why would i do that and also like what there's this um notion that you can only be you inside your house right and, he, and, yes. and and to be honest, even then they want to police you. But mm-hmm. don't you dare come outside looking like yourself. You better be a carbon copy of the rest of us out here or else we going to have something to say and make you feel like you are nothing. Exactly. Because you have the audacity to have individuality. Or you have the audacity to just run out of the house real quick because like you said, you, didn't, you ain't finished. I got four packs, but I need six. I need two more. Right. I'm going to put on... Right. Um, my Sunday best to go get <laughs> you more back there. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, why does that? Why? Why does that make sense? <laughs> why do you think you are entitled to say something? Exactly. Like judgment is a natural human response, mm-hmm. but keep that shit in your head. Exactly. We all have biases. None of us are free of them. Right. It really all depends on like what you do with them. And I'm honestly appalled at how much people just, like, feel the itch to say something negative. Like, it's it's wild to me. Like, sometimes I'll just, like, randomly scroll the comments, which, honestly, I really need to stop doing. It's just, like, you not should. good. <laughs> that sounds but, like um, I'll do it. And just, like, some of the ways that people will just take something so simple and make it just like like disgusting and terrible and horrible or just like just couldn't like 
I didn't like this and you're ugly. Like, why couldn't you just think that and, and keep it pushing? Like, why did you feel the need to take the extra step to then type it out and hit enter? And you probably read it over too. And then said, yeah, that's it. That's what I want to do. Like, that's what I'm, you know, that's how I feel. I'm just like incredibly overwhelmed with how comfortable people are with like spewing negativity instead of just like, I had a thought. And I kept it pushing. Let me move Like, on. you don't, we, right. like, I honestly sort of blame social media for this because, like, quite frankly, I don't know that we were really ever prepared to know everyone's thoughts about everything all the time. Um, and that's all social media is. It's just, like, literally half the time I'm seeing stuff, I'm like, why did you post this? Why, why did you come and type away get, get read it over a couple times probably smile at it and say yeah this is gonna be it i'm gonna go this viral like yeah, this is the one why you know, I, I why tell people all the time like i firmly firmly believe that this world would be such a better place if people just left each other alone like you and granted there are caveats to that you know Obviously. dangerous situations <laughs> you know somebody's life is endangered if you have the gumption to help them please do but yeah. what i'm saying is you don't have to be you don't have to necessarily even be nice you can just say nothing like yes. there it's free to walk past somebody yes. without speaking okay and if people didn't go out of their way like you said to be mean, yeah, this world would be such a better place. So either mind your own damn business mm-hmm. and keep it pushing, or be nice. Period. I mean, it it doesn't it, it that's the thing. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could be very mm-hmm. simple. Shut up. <laughs> like yeah, like it's the simplest thing you can do. You really don't have to share all your thoughts. Like, you don't. And the and thing is, just because you share them, don't make them right. Or valid. Just because you have or them. Va- like, doesn't mean the they're fact valid. that, and so, okay, so I've given my examples. I've gotten on my soapbox. I've said, I finally got out my issues with Monique because I, I really love Monique. She's funny. She's a big black lady that owns it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has opened so many doors for people who look like me. So, Auntie, I want to love you. But this one, this one is a like when we're going to have to battle it out over. Yeah. <laughs> because respect, respect, respectability politics. Um, let's, let's define what that actually is real quick. Um, this is from Wikipedia. (coughs) The term politics of respectability was first used in the context of black women and their efforts to distance themselves from the stereotypical and disrespected aspects of their communities by adhering to, I can't say this word, hegemonic standards of what it means to be respectable. Essentially, that means respectability politics, specifically in regards to black women, are things that we are, quote unquote, supposed to do that are making us closer to whiteness Mm 
mm-hmm. closer to what is deemed by white society as respectable mm-hmm. um, and devoids us of any type of an individuality or expression of that individuality. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Synopsis. Mm-hmm. I would. Okay. Yes. Um, so the tropes that fall into this, mm-hmm. um, you have the gold, gold digger, the Jezebel, which she only wants the money. Mm-hmm. Um, the welfare queen or the teenage mom, the single mm-hmm. mom. She always going to be on food stamps. Apparently. Yeah. Um, angry black woman which is one that I find spoken throughout my life mm. many a time mm-hmm. um, and then the hood rat ratchet chick so those are like the probably four overarching themes that you see in terms of black women mm-hmm. so how do you feel when you hear these things the, these stereotypes and what's your opinion on respectability politics (laughs) um i think that the um the stereotypes are ones that i am like familiar with in that like i have i am someone who is you know black and a woman and so uh respectability politics is something that is not necessarily applies to me, but is being, you know, like forced upon me. Um, mm-hmm. And sort of having seen the ways in which they I love describe. That you made, I love that you made that distinction. Sorry, I just had to, because I feel like it's very important. So I just had to butt in real quick. Yeah. Um, that these are things that may not apply to you. And honestly, if they do apply to you, it doesn't have to be a negative. Um, but they're things that may not apply to you, but they're being forced upon you. Like, mm-hmm. and that's very, or forced upon all of us. And that's very important that if it's something that is forced upon you, that means that you can fight it. Yeah, definitely. Like, this is not who you iner- inherently are. And again, if you are, it's not inherently a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so you can fight that narrative. Exactly. Okay, now go ahead. no worries no worries yeah and i think that that's a really important part as well is like recognizing that like it's a choice to you know go along with respectability politics and obviously if you choose to not do that that you unfortunately get to know the, the struggles that can come with that in some cases because what's tied to not following respectability politics is judgment and oftentimes being treated very poorly um, and all, almost always is like the underdog. And so I think that um, something that is being spoken about a lot more is like intersectionality, right? Like the different facets of who we are as people and how the combinations of those things can sort of like not necessarily hurt and help our experiences, but in a nutshell kind of like hurt and help our experiences. And so like the intersectionality of woman as a minority and black as also a minority to now make black woman is a unique experience. It is a unique experience to be a white woman versus a black woman versus a Hispanic woman. Like all of those experiences are going to be different. We might share experiences in being women, but the additional intersectionality of 
adding black to that or adding, you know, disability, sexuality, etc. to those things start to, depending on which side of privilege you are on, because we're all privileged in something, just not all in the same ways, um, that's going to change, like what your life experience is. And so uh, inherently, respectability politics are classist, right? Because some people don't really have a choice. Like, you know, in, in psychology a lot, we talk about nature versus nurture or the combination of the two and like what that debate is about. It's like, oh, are you more inclined to do things because it's in your nature, it's inherent, it's something that's in your genes, something that's biological and natural to you, or is it the environment within which that you are raised in, that the things that you see, the things that you're taught, right? And what we've learned over time is that it is a combination of both. It's typically, you know, some of it might be genetic and some of it might be due to what you're learning and how you're being socialized. And if you are, we are all being socialized <laughs> relatively differently, like, you know, we have an overarching umbrella of like <coughs> rules that are being kind of, again, forced upon us. Um, and I, I think it's very frustrating to think about because like when you think back black women have always been trying to assimilate and and back then it was because that was that was safe that was really kind of the only option you know if you wanted to be able to do anything at a certain point in time and obviously that has slightly changed it's different now um and so I want to, like, have the benefit of the doubt and say that, like, somewhere the intent is is some form of safety, right? And saying that, like, you will be shielded from this very real judgment that exists if you follow these rules, right? And nobody wants to be judged. I think that, you know, they, in psychology, we also talk about, like, hierarchy of needs and, like, the certain things that a human being needs to get as close to self-actualization becoming like a whole being as possible and belonging is one of those things along with safety and inclusion and things of that nature and so I think it can be like very confusing and and difficult to try and figure out like you know like you said some of those things might just be ingrained in you i won't front as if i was wasn't taught to not wear certain things outside of the house because it wasn't a good look for me my mom would complain and i don't even have a black mother <laughs> my mom is hawaiian and but she's a woman of color who was raised on an island under a catholic religion right and so she has a lot of very similar ideals that she taught to me you know growing up that i didn't really understand, but, you know, it was like, okay, until I got to be an adult and, like, really was able to question those things. And so it's it's unfortunate that it, it's something that we use against each other. But it's, in some cases, under the guise that we are, are it's like a tough love, like, type of vibe, where it's like, I'm just telling you this because your life will be better if you, you know, adhere as close as you can to whiteness. And it's just like, well... <laughs> What if I don't want to do that? Like, I think it's it's just very interesting the way that we, as a, as a society, just, like, place value on people based on really odd and, like, minute things that aren't behaviors, they aren't, like, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, like, bad things inherently. They're things that we have placed, like, negative connotations on. And so, I don't know. I... 
I think it's also a little frustrating because like those archetypes exist in other races. Like they exist in in general, I guess. If you want to say in reality, I'd like to say that they don't exist at all because like people and women especially should not be categorized like given special categories to be in that allow them to determine how how much respect you're going to show them. Like that's just strange. Mm-hmm. Like I it I don't know. I just I, it's because it is so like intertwined and there's so many nuances and things that are like floating around and like what respectability like obviously you want people to want to look their best. Like I think this ties back into like it is not normal to think that you're ugly. Like you should think that you're beautiful. You should think that you're a good, amazing looking person, that you're enough, that you're meant to be here. Like all of those things are normal. Like, so again, like we said earlier, it's very strange that they try to convince you that like you should feel that way. And so. Right. In your natural state, when you're trying to look your exactly. best, your natural state is not acceptable. Ex- exactly. Especially in that case. Right. And it's like, <coughs> I just, it's so weird how we've been conditioned to make certain judgments based on things like clothes, you know, or, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I got older and I, I've just been, I've tried very hard to be in control of my biases and really like dig into them when I feel like strongly or some type of conviction about something. Um, And I used to tell my clients like, because bias is normal and like all humans have bias and we all have certain feelings about things. We like things, we don't like things, you know, like whatever it may be. um, It's you're not responsible for your first like, for your thoughts, like, in reality, like, you really can't, like, control them in the, like, typical sense of the the word control, like, the typical definition of it, because, like, it is a thought, like, it's just gonna happen. Um, It's sort of, like, what you do with them. That's what you're in control of. Like, okay, here comes a thought. What am I gonna do with it? Do I correct the thought? Do I roll with it? Do I say it out loud? Like, do I tweet it? Like, what do I, I do? You get know, get my Twitter fingers ready. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. what am I doing with that thought? And if I do have a thought where I'm like, oh, that was, where did that come from? Like, I don't know. And then I have that moment where I'm like, okay, not sure where that thought came, or like, maybe I do know where that thought came from, but that is something that I'm like trying to put away. And so, like, I feel like respectability pos- politics is inherently classics and misogynistic and racist and like all of the ists like it's just another way to uh, like again as we mentioned we are here talking about black women specifically because this is a bliggity black black podcast and what people also need to realize though is that like respectability politics hurts us all (laughs) like it hurts everybody it's not you know, just like the groups that are hit the hardest. Yes, they're definitely, you know, having a struggle there. But it's it's frustrating because it's like a Trojan horse. It's like a, a, a bomb that is packaged up like a gift that is supposed to be helpful for you. That is supposed to just, you know, I'm just looking out. I'm just I'm just trying to make sure that you get treated well. Right. And I think that, again, for a lot of people, that is the intention. Um, 
but I, I think that they don't recognize the impact a lot of times of of mm-hmm. placing those things on, you know, especially like kids and trying to teach them how to be in the world. So that's um thousand percent agree with like that last part and another uh quote I just blanked out on the word. <laughs> um another quote that I got um and I think this one was from the therapy uh yeah, therapy for black girls dot com article. And I feel like it says exactly what you just said. So instead of instead of requiring the people and the institutions committed committing and propagating racist acts to change, it asks the people harmed by the racism to change to to stop being harmed by the racism. So don't do these things, and then they won't have anything to hold against you. Mm-hmm. However, there's a very big problem with that. Right. Like, and this is me talking now. Um, the rules were never made for us. Right. Ain't no guarantee. And I think that's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that's the first thing I, that I, I think about. So the rules were never made for us. Mm-hmm. So trying to adhere to specific rules in these terms is not going to help us. <laughs> it's, it's still, it's not going to do anything for you. Because even if you do get your foot in that coveted elitist door, you're still going to be the first one to go when that ship starts to fall. Mm-hmm. Or the scapegoat. You're still going to be um, the Amorosa, the scapegoat yep. of the situation. Because, look, they kicked her under the bus so damn fast. Bro, and ba- that was back that bitch up, uh, rode over right, her again. That was his token black girl. Like, yeah, and he kicked her out so fast, and that's exactly what they will do, and they'll revel in that moment. They want a scapegoat. They need a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. So by trying to be in the their good graces, they don't see you as the exception to the black rule. They see you as someone they can tolerate until they have to get rid of you mm-hmm. because they did something and they can blame it on you now. And to be honest, being seen as the exception uh, to the black rule uh, is not... It's not a crown that I would wear <laughs> happily. Yeah. Like, I don't... I. It's like, thank you for tokenizing me. <laughs> like, Yeah, like, I love my blackness. I love being a black woman. I love my culture. I love, you know, the melanin in my fucking skin. So I don't want to be the opposite of that. Yeah, absolutely. But still black. Like, that doesn't, that's not a badge of honor. Right. For me. Um, so... Another thing that I also recognize, again, going back to the Monique thing, is that it's also a different generation. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with it. I think I know that um, my mom and dad, there were so many times where they would tell me, like, you can't be the angry black girl. or You can't do this because you're already a black woman. So you have to do exceptionally here or you have to dress this way because otherwise, you know, don't wear braids in your hair. You know, don't you know, perm your hair because it's closer to whiteness. Like, you know, nobody wants to see all those naps. Mm -hmm. You know, all those things I was told our entire lives. And like you said, it wasn't, 
it wasn't to hurt me. It was in an effort, at least they thought, to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that generation is how they approach that because they were a, a whole generation closer to sa- slavery than we were. So, you know, they had to look at it differently. Absolutely. You know, they went through the civil rights movement and all that. They had to look at it as I need to be the best to be accepted because that was sometimes most of the time the only way to get their foot in the door or Mm -hmm. the only way to actually survive however we are in different times now we don't have to live like that the great thing about moving on in time is that you evolve and you can do things better differently and more advantageous for the whole instead of just in survival mode yeah Yes. And I think that's the part that people forget, especially now, is that and why there's such a division between the generation before and after. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a millennial, so Same. I feel like I'm, like, right in the middle. Like, I understand my parents, but I also understand the people underneath me because that's really what I want. But I understand where we came yeah. from. And... But I just want to tell, like, my mom and Monique and all the aunties and uncles and grandmas and grandpas, like, you don't have to live that way no more. Like, them was the old days. We, mm-hmm. You don't have to. let Put them burdens down. Yes. Put them judgments down. I promise you there will be a weight lifted off of your shoulders because now you're not worried about what somebody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Now you're worried about what you're doing and how you can enjoy your life. But that brings another problem because what if they don't enjoy their life? And that's, I mean, that's the key. That's a, that's a bigger issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. You mad. And so you want everybody else to be miserable right there with you. Mm-hmm. And that's a bigger problem. That's, that's, that's therapy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. That is therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, they're less inclined to get. Yeah, that doesn't come from the side of I'm saying these things to you in an effort to protect you and to help you. I, that's all I'm mm-hmm. talking about here. Because if if it's, uh, you know, I'm mad, so I want the rest of the world to be mad, that is, mm, I can't help you. Yeah, absolutely. You, again, therapy. That's not coming from a good place. That's not coming from a yeah. place of I want to see you hit succeed and so we're staying on the side of i want to see you succeed but my approach is not great yeah it's yeah uh, it's a very deep-rooted thing because i think that um a lot of the ways that people think they need to be in like preparing their children um which is still i think a weird way to say it like preparing them because like you don't know. You have no idea, like, what they're going to encounter and what that's going to be like. So you're just kind of doing your best. Um, but it's all just, like, so deeply rooted and tied in. And I think it's getting mixed in with, I. this is, like I was saying earlier, like, tough love. Like, that I'm, I think that, or I like to think that in a lot of cases, people are really just, like you were saying about your parents, right? Like, they weren't trying to hurt you. They were just trying to, in their eyes, really help you, you know, in, in what the world was like mm-hmm. for us when we were um, growing up and, and all of that jazz. Um, but it's just unfortunate that I think it is something that, I don't, I don't know. And I think you were talking earlier about, like, pick and things of that nature. And it's like, wh- why do you want 
to like hate other women so badly like or compare like the constant like you know well I would never or it is mm-hmm. X Y and Z and it's just like but is it it doesn't have to be yeah but I think that it goes back to what was ingrained in you I think that goes back to the nurture mm-hmm. what was ingrained in you as right and wrong and what is ingrained in you as respectable and not respectable and at the end of the day everybody wants respect yes and so if you have this very rigid outdated view of what that is then you're going to feel confident in saying, you know, this is not respectable because that's what your view is. Mm-hmm. But the problem is not what is being done. The problem is your view and the fact that you feel your view is so superior to someone else's that you have the right to tell them they're wrong. Exactly. That's where the problem comes in. Because honestly, everyone's allowed to entitled to their opinions. You're allowed to feel how you feel. But like we said before, you don't have to say that out loud. You don't. You don't I have promise. to type it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the the people who do, from what I've seen or what I feel when I interpret, are people who, one, are just angry, so they want other people to be angry with them. Mm-hmm. Or they truly feel that their opinion is superior to that person or that thing that they're they're you know Commenting talking about, about. Mm-hmm. and so therefore let me learn you something real quick let me teach you how to be better <laughs> because i'm better so let me help you be exactly. better exactly exactly or just let me let you know that i'm better mm-hmm. and and i think that's it's the respectability politics plays into and ignites the flames of competition it does and again it says that only a select few who follow these rules these very rigid standard rules um can get in yeah and if we all stop being crabs in a barrel then we don't have to have that competition you like it doesn't have to be a thing and I think that's the part that always mind boggles me is like, mm-hmm. to me, and I know in theory it's simple, but to me it just seems so simple. Mm-hmm. Leave people the fuck alone. Mind your business. Like, like literally, if they are not yeah, just, harming it, it, someone, physically harming yes. someone, <laughs> or like... Mentally. Yeah, like... Yeah, or emotionally, like as long as there's not harm coming to another person... Leave people to fuck right. alone. And not like harm that you've decided is harm because of how you feel about like, you know, someone's life or like whatever. Like I'm talking <laughs> harm, right? And Right. And what's Somebody the- deciding they're gay is not harmful <laughs> to their life. Exactly. Okay? Or to anyone around them. Like, Let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're talking like, about. We're talking about like physical harm somebody slapped you right we're gonna help right exactly and it's just like otherwise you know again have your opinion but keep it keep it tucked inside your unsolicited opinion to yourself yeah, now, if, if someone asks your opinion 
Yeah. That's different. Absolutely. Be there for be there for that person. Be a good friend. Be a good, you know, human that can give a different maybe perspective or whatever. That's still helping that person. They're reaching out for assistance. And so that is very different than giving your unsolicited advice about me going to the mailbox with my bonnet on. Because let me tell you, I mean, if I'm not going far, I want to be, I, I, I just want to be comfortable. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm just going to the grocery store to pick up, like, five things, why am I going to waste a whole entire outfit to get ready? No. That's extra laundry. Now I can't wear that outfit exactly. again. Exactly. What if you start sweating in it? Like, there's so many Factors. things. Mm-hmm. Biggest one, I just don't fucking want to. I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Because you know what? I am me. And only me runs this Jasmine. <laughs> and so it does not affect you in any way, shape, or form, Monique, yeah. when you see somebody walking through the airport with a bonnet on. Do you know how uncomfortable the planes are? And not only that, like, what, what am I doing my hair example? for? We can get flat? It's another weird one where it's like, I'm about to get on a plane. I want to be comfortable. Like, maybe I don't want, like, the back of my fro to get mushed down on this dirty seat, and I want my bonnet to be there. Like, what if I'm curling something under here and the curler's still in? Would you rather me walk around with the curlers? Because I got I to gotta keep the curlers in, because then how else the curls going to stay? Exactly. They're going to fall flat on the plane, and now we got a whole other problem. You see? You see what happens when you start meddling in other people's business, you don't even know the whole story. Because it ain't got shit to do with you. Mm-hmm. She got a whole ass motherfucking reason why she got that bonnet on. And it makes a hundred and thousand percent sense. Yep. But because you minded somebody else's business, now you think you entitled to say, honey, no. Well, let me right. tell you. Madness. Mind the business that pays you. Because this one over here ain't going to give you no money. Nah. None at all. Yeah. I I say that all and um, to say how much respectability politics work my fucking nerves. Absolutely. Um, whether we're talking about the politics quote unquote of being a mother and what you should wear or what you should do or how she, you should act or even just being a black woman mm-hmm. and what you should do, what you should wear, how she, how you should act. I say throw it all in the fucking trash. So on the flip side of that, let's talk about real quick, some ways that we can combat respectability politics. Yeah. Um, because again, like we said, judgment is normal. It's a natural thing. Like, Everyone has bias. The, the problem is when you uh, spew that bias um, and it's hateful um, or shameful to yeah. others. So I got a couple ideas of what we could do to combat uh, respectability politics. Number one, first and foremost, love mm-hmm. yourself, affirm yourself, be yourself know that yourself is enough because the best way to I think to combat it is to be solid and knowing I'm different and that's Absolutely. okay. I agree. And better yet I celebrate my difference. Yes. Yes. That is <coughs> that is a really important addition. I agree. I think that that's really important for people to notice because or not even notice but just like internalize um because, again, differences are what make people interesting. Like, 
I know y'all watch some cartoon of some form. Like for me, it, uh, well, this probably wasn't the only one, but the one that's coming to mind now is like um, Fairly Odd Parents. Timmy wished for like everyone to be the same, right? And it was boring, right? Like he was over it. It didn't even take that long before he was like, "Yeah, now this ain't it." Like I don't, I don't want that, right? And it's just like there are ways to just not be mean. Like you really don't have to. And if you feel like you have hateful energy, I am sure there are other productive ways that you can get it out without hurting other people. Um, maybe take up kickboxing or, you know, like um, go to a yeah, smash channel room. Channel that energy somewhere Art else. can be very cathartic. Like <laughs> there are other things that you can be doing. Mm-hmm. Like if you are experiencing, like we were saying, everybody has judgment, everybody has feelings, but I it's concerning the amount of like like i was saying like the like the seeming like need to <laughs> to share this really negative like point of view that you have um and, you know i was taught like if you ain't got nothing nice to say like just don't say anything and i just i thought everybody got Shut that up. message but i guess not maybe we stopped teaching it but just <clears throat> shutting up is absolutely free and it's so easy it costs nothing it's so easy it costs nothing. Uh, another one I have, call a spade a spade. So if you come across somebody, uh, especially people that are close to you, if you have that relationship with somebody where you can be like, yo, maybe we change your mind yeah. about this. Or maybe I let you know that, hey, uh, what did I say? Uh, ask someone who are you to deem what is and what is not respectable for someone else. Like asking that question, one starts a dialogue because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of again, a lot of the times these things are meant to. Happen. Yes. And calling somebody out and saying, hey, that's actually not helpful could be the light bulb moment somebody needs to change, completely change how they interact with each other. One conversation can be the spark to a, a, a world of exactly. difference. Um, so. Don't get into arguments. I'm not saying fight each other. Right. But call somebody out. Call a spade a spade. Yo, uh, so you said that she must be ratchet because she was wearing that. Why do you think that you are allowed to make that connection between her clothes and her actual work? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then just wait for the response. Like, get, like don't be argumentative mm-hmm. be firm but don't be argumentative yeah. but wait for the response again have a dialogue because maybe i i don't see what you could learn from that kind of a statement but maybe that you'll learn something about that person absolutely and maybe you'll learn that maybe that person is not even right for you that's not the right person that you want in your your circle exactly exactly so and that's what i was going to say is like it's, obviously it's, you want to do this with people a that you care about enough to like you know, approach with that kind of uh, energy. Um, But also, like you were saying, like, um, not to tone police, but like, also, you want to approach this not from, you don't want to come across as though you're, even if you are, you don't want to come across as you're just going to be judging, because then it's going to be an argument as opposed to a discussion. And so it's it's important to, like, how you bring that question um, to someone so that they'll be thoughtful in their response. And I think, I like that you used response, Um, because something that's important to learn the difference between is like reacting to something versus responding to something. 
And when you react to something, it tends to be instant. It's something that, you know, you probably can, in regards to like words and things, you can probably control that. But like, you know, certain things are automatic responses or reactions rather. Um, responses tend to take a little bit more time to like formulate. You have to like pause and like actually think about what you're going to say when you respond to something as opposed to reacting to something and, and going based on how you feel immediately in that moment, as opposed to like processing why you feel whatever it is that you feel in that moment so that you can then thoroughly explain yourself um, and have like a discussion. I think what you hit on tone is tone is a, actually something that I really struggle with. Um, uh, I've been told my entire life and not wrongly. Um, and that's why this, that is one thing that like I take as constructive criticism because I do recognize my tone can be a little harsh sometimes. Mm. Um, or it can be a little, little dry, mm. which comes off harsh. Um, so yeah, I love that you included that in there because I always forget to think about tone. So that is absolutely very important. I know that tone has caused more arguments for me than the actual issue. Yeah. Uh, probably nine times out of 10, uh, maybe eight times, <laughs> 80% of the time. Um, but yeah, it, the tone that I've, I'm saying something is what is the actual problem versus what I'm actually saying. So um, definitely keep that at the top of the mind. Um, Another one I have is support those around you when they aren't celebrating themselves for their own uniqueness. Mm. Like, again, like I said about the the affirmations, it got really second nature for me to start saying affirmations to myself, Mm -hmm. even in the moments that I wasn't scheduled to do it. And it helps to hear those kind of things from other people. Yeah. It just reinforces what you're already telling yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you see somebody, we all get down on ourselves. Um, you see somebody saying, oh, I hate this about me today. Girl, what are you talking about? You cute. And uh, look how you just did A, B, and C. Look how you like big up your yes. friends. Let them know that just because they don't fall into whatever those specific constraints that they have set up for themselves or that uh, society has set up for mm-hmm. them that they still that bitch. yes they still like that's what friends are for exactly <laughs> or at least those are the type of friendships that i want to have around exactly me. that's the kind of community that you want to build around you right and if you have a friend who is uh polit- pol- policing your respectability then maybe you decide that's not somebody you want right. in your group I encourage you to have a conversation, you know, talk about it first, obviously. Don't just, like, cut somebody off because you don't know the whole story. <laughs> Maybe they didn't even notice they were doing mm-hmm. that. But make sure the people that are around you are pouring into you and you are pouring into them the same. Definitely. Uh, especially in the moments when the world is not doing that. I think that's the thing that really yeah. got me about Darius Jackson. On top of everything else you as her partner are supposed to be there to protect mm-hmm. her and to big her up and let her like when the world is telling her she ain't shit you're supposed to be telling her she shits moon and stars exactly and, and instead you not you threw you threw her to the wolves Literally. you didn't only not protect her you threw her into the fire exactly and then double down mm-hmm. on mhm mhm that's the if wild that, part about it, it. With friends like this, who needs enemies? Right. <laughs> like, 
Like no, but seriously, what? that's yeah, yeah. That 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 was kind of the the like the straw. I was like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's like you opened her up for so much unsolicited hate for like no reason. And again, because of those intersections of her her humanness, who she is. She's a mother. She's black. She's a woman. Like, she's of a certain age. Those are all factors. A certain body type. Exactly. These are all That is things. not considered what is, quote unquote, the white beauty standard. Mm-hmm. Like, she got tits, ass, and hips. Like, and those are the exact things that you're shaming her exactly. for. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It hit it hit a it hit a spot. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> it hit a spot. Absolutely. Same. I yeah. was like, wow. Then my last tip. Right? And then that's what made me say, who are you, mister? Yeah, like what is your last name even? Because I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last tip is check your own bias. Yes. Again, we all have our own bias. And naturally innately it doesn't make you a bad person to have a bias Mm -hmm. um but when you do recognize it and ask yourself why do i feel this way where did i get this from and if it's something you wholeheartedly believe in go off sis and when i say that i don't mean go off telling other people right because still you're allowed to have the opinion you don't have to share it but if you if you are solid in that opinion have your opinion absolutely keep it to yourself if it's negative, but have your opinion. But ask yourself, like, really take the time and say, why do I think it's a problem to go outside with a bonnet mm-hmm. on? Is it because of something that I truly feel? Or is it because other people have told me that this is not acceptable? Right. And that's the only thing. Then maybe you start to think about some of those biases differently. And maybe you, the next time you see somebody walking around with a bonnet, you don't, you know, give the rest in bitch face. Right. If, it's not, if that's your natural face, I mean, it's fine. It's my natural right. face. But we all know when you give the look like, mm, Right, girl. exactly. You don't have to give the mm, girl face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you have any, any my uh, therapist guest here, did you have any additions that you would add to the, to the list of how we combat respectability politics? I try to get them all. To be so honest, don't feel bad. I don't think I have anything really to add outside of like that makes me moving with intention you know like doing all those things that you mentioned and ensuring that you're intentional about all of those things and mindful as well of those things and like what you're doing um how you're processing your feelings because this is not to say that you need to suppress like you were saying like you're not bad for having bias you're not you know anything like that it's what you do with it and how you you know approach it and and analyze it pick it apart and see where that thing is coming from yeah i agree that makes me feel really good means that my google researches (laughs) were done great Mm -hmm. because i got i got you know most of the picture i love the adding the intentionality behind it i tried to be super intentional about everything i do so um, great advice there. Again, the tone thing, I think is like, I think that's the one thing that you said that really is going to stick with me from this conversation <laughs> because I have such a problem with yeah, tone. Yeah, it can be dark. Um, 
Yeah, but you know what? What really worked, at least I found for me in terms of tone, is like you said, is having a response instead of a reaction. Taking the time to think about what mm. I feel and what I'm trying to yes. say, and I normally can put it in a way that is a little bit softer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the same idea, but like my tone is not so. I don't want to say harsh because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I, really I feel you. Harsh, but people tend to take it a lot more aggressively. Yes. Um, and so having a response instead of a reaction mm-hmm. has helped with my tone issue a lot. Yeah, no, I still have the problem, but it is definitely a mm-hmm. work in progress. <laughs> I definitely have to take a few breaths before I engage with things and. Because I know it's like not responding to a text message when you're angry at the person because it's like, you know what? Let me take a second to like remove myself. I'm going to say some stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I go, I go type the message in a note instead <laughs> so that I don't actually yes. accidentally send it. Cause I, I do still need to get it out or I'll just say it out loud. Like this is what I would say. To yes. You. you know, like, uh, like you said, what Issa, Issa was talk, talking mm-hmm. in the mirror. I don't be rapping in the mirror. I'd be having whole ass yeah. in the mirror. <laughs> and that way I get it out of my system. Yep. And then I can respond like an actual human instead of a fire. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that time that you take yeah. to yourself to like pause and think and breathe and, and like really formulate your thoughts is like really valuable and important. And so more people mm-hmm. should definitely take more time to just like, okay, let me take pause really quick because like I need a break before I say something that I, that I don't want to say or that I can't take back. Mm-hmm. Mhm mhm mhm. I agree. And I feel that this has been a dope ass fucking episode. Yes. I have very <laughs> much enjoyed this conversation Same. and I very much appreciate you letting me get on my soapboxes yeah. and kind of spew all of that out there. Um, I loved it. And you you I I mean you gave me advice, you agreed with me, yeah. you, you all the stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I loved I it. Love I loved it, it as well. I, I, this is amazing. This is a very engaging conversation. Great. Great. Because, you know, I don't want it to be a one-way street. I don't want to be the only one, you know, happy. No, I feel you. I loved it. Smile on your face. <laughs> um, so I think that we have done a full last nice. episode. And I just want to thank you again for your time. Thank you. I think it's about the time that we wrap up this sister smoke session. But before we do, we always end with a random ass question. Now somewhere, here's my book. I have a list of questions numbered four through 11. Mm-hmm. Four through 11. Huh. Four through 20. Okay. I don't even know where 11 <laughs> came from. <laughs> Numbered four through 20, uh-huh. and uh, you could pick a number, and I will ask you that question. <coughs> 13. Uh, um, what was your first job? <laughs> um, hmm. Technically, my very first job was um, at this pizza shop that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I was raised in Laurel, Maryland, which is like, again, kind of like a mixed vibe in regards to like what kind of town it is. 
Um, but I used to work at this place called Pal Jacks when, as soon as I could get um, a working permit, I was I was on it. I was ready to go. Um, and so that was my very, very first job was I, I cooked, I organized things, I cleaned things, I did all of it. Um, it was, it was what it was at the time. <laughs> it was a way to make money, you know? Um, but yeah, that was my very yeah. first job. Yeah. Pizza, pizza parlor. My first job was, cause I was the same 15 and a half. As soon as I turned 15 and a half, want my work permit and when I'm making right. money. Um, my first job was at Great America, a theme park oh, here nice. in the Bay Area. And I worked in the candy oh, shop. fun. Yeah, I ate candy all day. Um, it was it was an interesting mm-hmm. time. I also had to take, like, I don't live that close. Like, it's probably like a 20-minute drive, but, like, I was 15 and a half, so like yeah. I had to take public transportation. So it took me an hour and a half to get home or to yeah. get there. It was the a commitment. Lot. And then I get there and I work for like four hours or five hours and I go home and I get my check and it's like a couple hundred dollars for two weeks. And I'm like, wow. oh, this is, this is hell. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is hell. this can't be it. <laughs> Yeah, so I one I learned to find jobs closer to home, or get a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I also that was the beginning of retail, but it was also the beginning of me knowing that I yes. had retail. So yeah, because you know, little kids in a candy store at a theme park, demons. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. I believe it. Tore up everything. <laughs> Always trying to steal the sheer excitement of it all <laughs> yeah it's crazy i don't even like roller coasters working at a freaking theme park but it yeah. was a job so yep well that was fun yes it was um one day you'll have to i'll have to you know come out yes. to maryland and um i'll bring the weed you bring the stuff to make the pizza yes yes <laughs> sounds like a plan <laughs> Um, so before we get out of here, give the people your social information so that they can find yes. you, contact you. Don't be weirdos, yes. but you know, interact. Um, on Instagram, I am the underscore can a counselor. Can a counselor is one word. Um, well, you know, I don't have an option for it not to be one word. It's a handle. But anyway, uh, and then TikTok yeah. is the can a counselor. There is no underscore. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Right now, at least. There's awesome. things in the works. We're working on things. Well, we'll be excited about those things. I can't wait to see what you have in store. It is very obvious to me that you just have a plethora of knowledge in that brain of yours about therapy, black women, healing, cannabis, you know, all yes. the things. So I cannot wait to see what you have in store and what you bring to us because I know it's going to be fun and amazing. Thank you. Um, So that wraps up another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. I want to just thank you once again so much for coming through. This has been absolutely amazing. You are so like, oh, I can't think of the word, Uh, excited 
beforehand and it made me really excited and it made me be like, yeah, I'm going to have this conversation with someone because she is going to just understand what I have to say. It was fantastic. (laughs) So I, yes, um, I thank you so much for coming through, being a bluntly black girl, giving us the raw, unfiltered, high ass you. Um, and yeah, again, you can find her at the underscore can counselor on IG, the can counselor with no underscore, um, on TikTok. I will put all of your socials in the show notes and, um, you guys can follow us at bluntly black girls on mm-hmm. IG, bluntly BLK girls on Twitter and visit the website anytime to purchase your intentional highness box set comments, rate, subscribe, talk to me. Talk to yes. us. What do you, what do you guys feel about respectably respectability? That's a hard yeah, word to say really lot. fast. It's a mouthful. What do you think about respectability politics. politics? Are you on the other side of our views? Do you think that there is some validity or a lot of validity to not going outside quote unquote unpresentable? Um, I know that there are a lot of people who do feel that way. So I would love to have a discussion like let, let's talk about it. Um, let us know what you think of the episode. Comment, rate, subscribe. I think I already said that. Just talk to us. Don't be weird again. But we love to conversate. Smoke a blunt. Drink your water. And fuck what anybody got to say about being a bluntly black girl. Yeah. And we are out.